The Green Sun Show is brought to you by CEA Technology, a leader in building indoor growing systems that allow you to grow pesticide-free and conserve fertilizer, water, and energy to grow crops sustainably. Visit ceatechn.com to learn more. One or two? Do you see better with one, glasses, or two, LASIK surgery? I trust my eyes to the Northwest Indiana Eye and Laser Center located in Valparaiso, Indiana. The state-of-the-art office and surgery center is the best in the region, providing complete eye care, including exams, glasses, and eye surgery. To make an appointment, call 219-464-8223. That's 219-464-8223. Or visit their website, nwindianaeyeandlaser.com. Trust your eye care to the best. And we thank the Northwest Indiana Eye and Laser Center for their support. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco innovations that are changing your world. Water, too much or too little, creates a management challenge for municipalities around the world. Chicago's Tunnel and Reservoir Plan, known as TARP or the Deep Tunnel Project, can be thought of as a man-made underground river that is a solution to water management. It was designed to divert stormwater and sewage into temporary holding reservoirs, making the Chicago metropolitan area more resilient to flooding from storming events. Here to tell us more is Kevin Fitzpatrick, Assistant Director of Engineering with the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. He's a professional engineer with a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering and a Master's of Science in Environmental Engineering with over 25 years of experience in the field of water resources. Kevin, we're very happy to welcome you to the Green Sense Show. Thank you so much, Robert. I'm very happy to, to be on with you to talk about uh, the deep tunnel system. Well, let's get into it. Uh, the deep tunnel is a mega, mega civil engineering project with boring of the first tunnel beginning in 1975 and the final phase of phase one completed in 2006. As a recovering hydrogeologist, I had the pleasure of going down into the tunnel to see the amazing construction operation. Uh, could you give the listeners an overview of TARP or the Deep Tunnel Project? How wide are the tunnels? How deep? How long? And how much did it cost? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the TARP Project uh, stands for Tunnel and Reservoir Plan. And it was, uh, it was conceived of in the 60s, but uh, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago formally adopted this project in 1972. And it consists of 110 miles of deep tunnel um, up to 300 feet below ground. Uh, these tunnels are 33 feet in diameter uh, at their largest point. And they basically traverse underneath all the area waterways and terminate at large uh, reservoirs. Uh, two of those reservoirs are in former quarries and the other one is more of a surface reservoir. So that's the uh, tunnel and reservoir. There's 110 miles of tunnel and three reservoirs. And the whole point of the project is to capture well, a combined- just, Let me just, uh, how much did it cost? So, uh, well, it's still going on, but uh, by the time we're done, it'll be around $4 billion. That doesn't seem like a lot of money for all that work. Well, yeah, uh, I guess if you 
a lot of those costs are, uh, you know, were expended in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And if you ENR'd it up to today's dollars, it would be more like 12 billion. And what's the yearly budget to manage ongoing operations? Our overall budget at, at the MWRD is, is approximately $1.4 billion a year. The portion of that for operating, maintaining the TARP system is, is very small. It's, it's probably less than about $20 million a year mostly uh, electrical energy for pumping the water back to the treatment plants. And it really depends on how wet a year it was uh, for how much money we end up spending. So in simple terms, tell us how the TARP project works. So um, the Chicago land area, Chicago and the older suburbs at least, uh, have what are known as combined sewers um, in which sewage from people's homes and businesses commingles with stormwater in the same sewer system. Uh, and the uh, Chicago and the older burbs were built like this uh, because the sewer systems came before there was ever any sewage treatment. And the idea at the time was just to, to sort of get everything out to the waterway, get it out of the neighborhoods and off the streets. Um, and so it wasn't until the 1920s when sewage treatment came to Chicago and we started capturing the the dry weather flow that we call the you know the, the more nasty uh stronger sewage and taking it to treatment plants to be cleaned but the rest of the sewage uh like especially during almost any type of rainstorm would just overflow to the waterways and back then that was considered acceptable um the solution to pollution was dilution but uh as time went by uh the chicago area developed very densely. There's almost nowhere for rainwater to go anymore other than the sewer system and, and the sewers were overwhelmed and pretty soon uh, the waterways were pretty much dead with all the pollution coming to them from uh, storms that occurred 50 to 100 times per year we get sewage out into the waterways. So now uh, the, the deep tunnel uh, it was built to sort of intercept that combined sewer overflow before it went to the waterway, it would drop down into one of the tunnels and the tunnel would convey it to these massive reservoirs where we can hold it until the storm is over and then pump it back to one of our treatment plants to be cleaned uh, before returning it to the environment ultimately. Well, thanks for that uh, nice succinct overview. Um, tell us about uh, technology. Was there any state-of-the-art technology used to complete the borings or do this project? Yes, the whole project was considered to be very innovative uh, at the time. Um, tunneling uh, using machines was, was almost unheard of. Uh, however, uh, this project was going to be so big, we knew that, uh, you know, using drill and blast the old-fashioned way uh, to, to construct these tunnels underground would be extremely time-consuming, but also could be disruptive um, due to vibrations uh, and also could fracture some of the rock enough to uh, allow water to come into the tunnels and we wouldn't want groundwater draining into these tunnels. So from the get-go, the Water Reclamation District required that all the tunnels be constructed using boring machines. And this was brand new technology at the time. And the original machines were very primitive compared to what we have today. But the great thing about this is these contractors that we have working on, on the project were very innovative. And of course they improved upon the, you know, the machines, uh, they, they kept building them better and better and they got faster and faster. And that in turn brought the cost of the project down. So, you know, in the, in the seventies, uh, they might be able to mine 
100 feet in a week, but a decade later, the machines were so much better that for a similar size tunnel, they would they would be mining uh, twice that and maybe three times that. So that just made the project a lot a lot shorter and to construct, and and that meant less money. I saw one of those bits when I was down there. They they were quite large and quite amazing, and I couldn't imagine what the cost of one of those was. Do you, do you know? Yeah. So the cost of the machines themselves, uh, they vary depending on the size, but they, they could be up to $20, $30 million. Amazing. So did Chicago Leader follow? Was the MWRD a pioneer in using underground tunnels to control flooding from storm events? Or did someone else do this first? No, Chicago was the pioneer. This technology, hey, again, it wasn't good used for anywhere Chicago. else. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, very controversial also. Some people didn't think it would work. And the funny thing is now uh, we get visitors from all over the world. They're, they're building similar tunnels in, in England, in uh, France, in Japan, uh, China, and let alone uh, a lot of the cities in the U.S. itself as well. Well, Chicago has been a leader in water management from reversing the flow of the CalSAG tunnel and uh, getting that waste out of Lake Michigan to this deep tunnel project. Again, I'm very appreciative to have you on to talk about this. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, current day situation. Climate change can and does alter the hydrologic cycle. The amount, the duration, the intensity of precipitation can change, and it has changed. Also increased urbanization. We've got more paved surfaces, which increases runoff. How has the capacity of the deep tunnel been adapted to address increased volumes of stormwater runoff from climate change and more paved areas? So the, the tunnel system itself started, you know, the first ones were constructed in 1975 and the tunnels were completed in 2006, the official tarp tunnels. But since then, uh, we have added uh, extended sewer systems and added more flow to the tunnel to better serve certain areas that, that weren't served very well. But uh, more so than not, to deal with the, the climate change, sort of the, the more intense more frequent storms that we're seeing. Um, we're trying to keep that water out of the sewer system because we know we have a finite uh, capacity in the tunnels and the reservoir itself. And also in, in all the surface sewers that are owned by the city of Chicago or these suburbs, they have a finite capacity as well. Um, so if we could keep the water out of the sewer system, that just would help not only the deep tunnel, but the, the local sewers as well and, and help reduce basement backups. And we use, we use green infrastructure now as, as one of the means to do that, uh, where we try and mimic nature and, and sort of infiltrate water into the ground or, or at least delay it before it can make its way to the sewer system. Also, more traditional stormwater detention is another tool that we use, you know, and, and, and even stuff as simple as uh, that homeowners can do themselves is like adding a rain barrel to sort of keep their the roof load out of the sewer system or, or building a rain, barrel, uh, rain garden in their yard really helps out if we could get, you know, several people to do those sort of things. Well, that's good to hear that you're implementing uh, green infrastructure. That's something I've been an advocate about for a long time, and uh, it can go a long way. Well, TARP has been fully functioning, or the tunnels have been built for over 20 years now. And as you said, when the project was first undertaken, it was a bit controversial Tell us what works and what needs to be improved on the project. Nothing works uh, perfect out of the box. <laughs> yeah, well, the main controversy when we first got started was the was the cost 
So there, there were even our own one of our own senators here in the state of Illinois thought it was going to be prohibitively expensive and much more costly than we had projected it to be. And they were concerned that every, if Chicago's got to do this, every other city's probably going to have to do this. And, and they did ultimately. Um, and the federal government could never afford to to pay for it all because we got a lot of our money early on from federal grants. Uh, eventually that money went away and we, we started getting loans from from the state to help pay for it. But that was the first big controversy is the cost of it. But I think we proved that uh, it can be very cost effective and, and that our costs, not only did they not increase, but but they, they pretty much uh, came in lower than expected. But some of the other controversy behind it was, uh, should we really be creating all this gray infrastructure? Um, shouldn't we instead, you know, separate all this, the storm sewers from the sanitary sewers, which is what a modern city does today and, and keep that in separate sewers. But that's very, very difficult to do in a very dense city like the city of Chicago. And Not only expensive. difficult, but expensive <laughs> and disruptive. Yeah. So that was studied though. There was, there was set over, I think I want to say over 70 alternatives that were studied mm. to the deep tunnel and, and nothing could obtain all the objectives as as cheaply as the deep tunnel project. So how's it working? Anything that needs to be improved? It's working wonderfully. Uh, so for the most part, it's, it's a pollution and flood control project. The pollution control portion has been amazing. Uh, and the Calumet service area, which is basically 87th Street to the south in Chicago in those suburbs, we have the, a separate tunnel system for them with the Thornton Reservoir, which people may have seen. That's right off of I-294. And it looks like, you know, you're going over the uh, Grand Canyon or something. But one of the one side of that quarry is our reservoir. And since it came online in 2015, we have not had a, a, a single combined sewer overflow uh, due to that system being filled up. So it's really stopped all the pollution. The one uh, area where it could do better is, is probably in the um, flood control category. We still have basements back up and and pollution during very extreme storm events. And, and one of the reasons for that is, is that the local infrastructure can't deliver the water to the deep tunnel fast enough. Uh, so that's why we're trying to trying to hold it where it where it sits so it doesn't overwhelm the local infrastructure. So it's it's kind of what we've been working on lately, especially uh, the last few years. We've seen some of these uh, like that one right of the Fourth of July, the NASCAR storm. Uh, nine inches of rain in, in a couple of hours. Uh, there's not a sewer system in the country that can handle that that type of water. Well, a lot of the functionality of the deep tunnel is out of sight, and therefore it's out of mind for most of the average citizens. Uh, what information should Chicago's, Chicago citizens know about this project, how it improves the quality of life in the Chicago area? So it really has made a, a significant improvement on the environment of uh, especially the water quality in the Chicago River, the Calumet River, uh, the North Branch, uh, the Des Plaines River. So before this project began, there was maybe, Patrick, you could probably correct me, but I think there was one or two species of fish found in all these waterways. And today it's over 70 different species of fish. So that's, that's one giant improvement we've seen. We've also seen the rivers go from being uh, sort of our, our backyard to more of a front yard with the, the river walk. People want to hang out on the river now because it's so much cleaner. Uh, it didn't used to be so pleasant, but, you know, the old Mayor Daly's uh, 
vision of, of swimming in the water in the Chicago River is, is not as crazy as it, as it once seemed. Yes, we've had friends of the Chicago River on the show uh, many times, and they've done a great job at also making the river walkable and uh, 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 being able to enjoy it, not just look at it. As Assistant Director of Engineering at the MWRD, what is your role as it comes to TARP? So uh, in the I'm in the engineering department, and we do the uh, planning, design, and sort of uh, engineering behind the whole project. Uh, and then we turn over the operation of it to our maintenance and operations crew, which handle the everyday, uh, you know, draining it, filling it, and repairing any repairs that are needed. So mainly... Uh, my job is uh, any new construction projects, we'll manage those and get them built. Can you still get an underground uh, tour of the tunnels? We uh, we do not anymore because they are all online now. So we used to do those. Uh, <laughs> you better not swim. <laughs> probably when you went in there. But yeah, now that they're online, they're not really safe to go in or, or pleasant to be in. <laughs> Well, Kevin, you've done a great job at uh, being succinct and covering a lot of uh, uh, information in a short time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, uh, other than, well, it's uh, one thing that I love about uh, the job I have and, and the deep tunnel system in particular is how many different people have worked on it over the years. So uh, like just even coming on with yourself and you've been down there several years ago, I, it's hard to go through uh, and talk to people without some somebody saying the deep tunnel, oh, I, my, my uncle worked on that a long time ago or my neighbor. So between all the contractors that actually did the work themselves, the engineers that planned it and designed it, you know, the politicians that got us money for it. Uh, it's, there's been so many people involved. So it's, it's really been a neat project to work on. I've been very fortunate. Well, as I said, most people uh, walk around, they have no idea what's under their feet. And this is one of, uh, I think the true engineering feats in the world. And it makes a, uh, Chicago, a real leader in water management. So I'm very happy to highlight this on the show. I guess uh, the obvious, but I'll ask it, uh, what makes this, why does this project make Chicago more sustainable? Well, because it does help prepare us for uh, becoming a more resilient city. The tunnel itself helps. Uh, so when you get like a five-year storm, we're able to capture all of that in the tunnel without really having any, any impact on people's lives. It's really the storms that get larger than that, where we start to fill up or, or we have sort of uh, capacity issues with the, with the infrastructure. So that's pretty good if we could get to a five-year level and we're not getting above that. Now, we know climate change is getting worse and worse, but the great part about the deep tunnel is it can pretty much take this enormous source. And if you, we'll get you out to a reservoir tour. We do those still. But if you came out to the reservoir after the reservoir was drained, you would see a giant layer of muck left on the bottom of this. And that's all what's been captured in the sewer system and otherwise would have gone out to one of these waterways and, and polluted it. And there's plastics, stuff like, you know, there's there's sludge. So it's it's really keeping a lot of pollution out of the waterways. And I think that's how we're basically as sustainable as we can be. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. And uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of uh, stories of things found in the deep tunnel, but we'll save that oh, yeah. for another time, right? <laughs> thank you for being on the Green Sense Show and sharing information on the Chicago Deep Tunnel Project. Thanks a lot for having me, Robert. It's a lot of fun. That's Kevin Fitzpatrick, Assistant Director of Engineering for the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. 
sharing his thoughts on how a man-made underground river makes life in Chicago more sustainable. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 WBBM Chicago. The Green Sun Show is brought to you by CEA Technology, a leader in building indoor growing systems that allow you to grow pesticide-free and conserve fertilizer, water, and energy to grow crops sustainably. Visit ceatech.com to learn more.